All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of the Big One Podcast. We are your favorite motorsports podcast. Uh, we, we talk all kinds of motorsports, F1, FE, Formula E, IndyCar, uh, but mostly NASCAR. Uh, a little bit of SRX entering into the equation this week. Um, lots, of, lots of good stuff, actually. The summer months are great for two things, uh, motorsports and soccer. I was going to say baseball, but come on, let's go. Um, but yeah, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we're at podcast big one. We should probably get on threads. Now I'm saying that we should probably get on threads. Um, you can also email us at podcast big one at gmail.com. And, uh, this week our sponsor is nobody because, uh, we don't have one new guy, uh, had to basically be shoved out into the world to go and get us a new sponsor because we don't have one. Um, and we can't afford his services. So it's just me and the old baby G. Say hi to the folks, baby G. What's up, folks at home? Yeah, new guy has been grinding for sponsors, and he hasn't gotten one yet, so he is not allowed back on the podcast until he can get that big money sponsor for us. Mm-hmm. And he's trying He's trying overseas, trying to get that, that English sponsor, you know, uh, see if uh, that'll help grow NASCAR over there because that's what we're really trying to do here, right? Um yeah, do you want to just jump right in? We got a lot of race recaps. It was a big, big weekend of racing. What all? What all we got to recap? We got tons of racing to recap this week. We got ARCA, Truck, Xfinity, Cup. We got a lot of storylines. We got F1, FE, local tracks, SRX. We got so much mm. to unpack. Let's start with mm. ARCA. Why don't you bring us through the ARCA race? What did you see? What happened? Sure. ARCA race was Friday um, at, at Mid-Ohio, so road course. Um, it's the same road course that truck ended up being at, but, uh, unlike truck, they had a nice day to be racing. Um, it was a really, really good race. Uh, lots of different leaders, lots of comers and goers. Tyler Ankrum, uh, you know, truck driver, uh, was down racing Arca for this week. And he seemed to be one of the most dominant cars kept driving up through the field. Um, basically got into the final stage and uh took himself out he basically overshot a corner and went off course lost a couple positions dropped back to i think like sixth or seventh and then uh slowly picked his way forward and won the race um the real big story though was that uh two of those toyotas you know the toyotas seem to win every race in, in arca um two of those toyotas seemed to take each other out dean thompson another truck driver was down there racing in one of those um and uh sean sean hingarami uh, was the one that, uh, well, Dean Thompson had knocked him up and off the track earlier in the race and then spun him out. And so Sean, on the second to final lap, took out Dean Thompson as he was passing him. Sean was a lap down at the time, basically out of the race, one lap to go, and took out his own teammate, um, pushed him off the track, and wrecked himself in the process, which is, if you're going to do if you're gonna do it, you either wreck the guys that you don't wreck or you make it look like you didn't even wreck him in the first place, right? Um, and he did he did both really poorly, and so now he's been suspended a week. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the win went to Tyler Ankrum. Um, lastly, on Muniz Watch. Muniz Watch. Frankie Muniz finished sixth. Uh, looked like he might be able to get a top five out of that one. Just matched his career best with a sixth-place finish. Um, he's second in points, 40 points back. Uh, there was some uncertainty for Iowa, but BBG filled me in earlier today that he will be racing Iowa, which is great to hear. He's probably unlike us and was able to get a sponsor, which is awesome. We've been talking about Muniz watch quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, and it was very uncertain if Muniz was going to be making his appearance down in the land of the corn in Iowa. He did mm-hmm. apparently find a sponsor. He's going to be bringing his talents to the streets of Iowa for some hot racing action. So cool to see that <laughs> Muniz is continuing <laughs> his season, and he's going to be down there in Iowa putting on a show for all the fans that are coming out. Yeah, it's a good racetrack. Uh, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about it later. But before we get to that, let's stay with last weekend's racing. Saturday mid-afternoon at Mid-Ohio for the Truck Series. What what did we see there? We saw a lot of rain. It's it's the summer season here in the NASCAR schedule. Unfortunately, Mother Nature is not being very cooperative lately. So the truck start got delayed about two hours, and they had a couple missed starts as well. Once they did get this thing going, it was silly. It was slippery. Cars were being very cautious, and even with that cautious 
approach, they were still slipping inside and spinning all over the place on this track. And it must've been extremely difficult to drive these cars because when they got going, it lightened up a little bit, but really not much. Yeah. They, they basically, they brought them out and got close to going green and guys were spinning under caution, just trying to go. And they, you know, went to the single file restarts, which is the right move. They had done it the week before in Chicago, right? It's the right move, especially on a road course and especially when it's raining. Um, But they literally couldn't start. They had to stop again and then be like, let's let it dry up a little bit more. And then by the time they got going, yeah, it was just a mess. I mean, guys were spinning off the course everywhere. And, you know, road courses, a guy spinning off course, not such a big deal. Spin off the course and get yourself in the sand big deal and ends up causing a lot of caution so unfortunately we spent a lot of this race under caution i want to say it was a good 30 percent of it so stage winners on this one stage one ben rhodes stage two winner ty majeski and your race winner it did dry up at the end a little bit Corey heim Mm -hmm. your race winner so we did get the trucks running out there they were heating up the track did get some better conditions for the end of the race and Corey heim was able to bring this one home yeah, I can't remember if it was right at the end of stage two or a little bit before it, but somewhere in stage two was when they had switched to slicks and uh, and 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 were able to race a lot better on those. Um, you know, with the truck series, when they go to these road courses, they do the non-competitive uh, pit stops, right? And so that was that was like a, a uniform change over to the slicks, and and there were still some wet parts of the track, but overall, that's not such a big deal. Um, you just saw a lot of guys taking the corners wide instead of low because the low line was the one that had collected water and had still still was pretty wet by the time they were, even by the time they were finishing, there were still some wet parts of the track. So, all I've got to say is I am very happy that we've got these wet weather tires now and we can run in the rain Same. because the last two to three weekends, even look like the upcoming weekend we're going to have out in New Hampshire, they're going to have some weather mm-hmm. issues as well. So. For if sure. we don't have these wet weather tires, it, it sinks as a fan that we're getting these two, three-hour delays. But if you think about it, a lot of these races are going off on Monday, Tuesday, if we don't have this wet weather Normal package way. that we can put on the cars now and run through this. So yep, love that we have this package. It's unfortunate the weather hasn't been co- cooperating quite as we would like to, but we're still seeing racing even if it's been delayed. Yeah, it's just the summer. This is just what you get. And, and for whatever reason, NASCAR seems to attract this weather no matter where they go. So... Nothing you can really do about that. Um, overall, the race got really racy in that final stage, to your point. And um, maybe that's partially because it was dry, but it's also because Mid-Ohio's a really good road course. It's a really good road course when it comes to these uh, these sprint cars. They're, they're, it's a much wider course and a much faster course, and it works really well for, for a lot of different passing positions. Um, so I was glad that they at least got – it didn't rain the whole race. They got dry and got to have that racy period. And, again, I think that saved – saved the the product of the race so saturday night was the xfinity race so we moved on from mid ohio with arca and truck and we moved down to atlanta so atlanta baby this track i'm just gonna jump right into it i love atlanta the repave it's getting worn down a little bit the the pavement is wearing we're getting multiple grooves that you can run and this xfinity race was a banger yeah right out of the gates this one, the racing action was fantastic. I mean, right away in that first stage, you had Klingerman had a tire go down. He kind of did a spinner Rooney, and right away, there's a lot of strategy call happening, which was which was neat. Um, about 10 to go, a couple guys came down or didn't come down. I know Ty Gibbs was one of the guys that stayed out, and he unfortunately ended up losing a tire and had to go to the rear anyway um, because he came in and didn't stay out, I should say. Yeah, do you want to just keep going down the stage winners there? Yeah, absolutely. Stage winners on Xfinity. So Riley Herbst, first stage winner of his career in stage one. Stage two was Sheldon Creed. And your race winner, John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, nice. And and I again, it was Atlanta, so it was this new super speedway type of thing. I like what you mentioned about the track wearing. I thought they, they were running these multiple grooves. This is how the race had been going for, for several races since they had done the repave. But the difference this year and with how much the track wears because it's in the south and because of the, the hot and, and, and cold, the way the track just wears a lot faster than in a lot of other areas of the country, um, it's, it got bumpy and it got really hard to drive. And that's where it got more fun because it wasn't just 
guys getting in a line and then pushing each other and um you know xfinity doesn't get as big of runs as cup does but getting runs and trying to get past each other it was a lot more like i couldn't make a really big move to get to the outside of you because there could be a bump up there or the track may not be able to grip uh well enough for me to actually like hold my line and i'll just spin out so it was nice to see controlled movements and controlled uh, aggressive movements to try and get to the front and get to the win uh, eventually John Hunter Nemechek got to the front and, uh, uh, some teammate controversy kind of ended this one, um, where the colleague cars had been trying to keep themselves up front the whole time. And then, um, and even, I, I think it was, uh, J- Justin Yaley or JJ, uh, uh, wait, wrong name, Justin Haley, also JJ Haley. Um, but Justin Haley was the one that was up front and had told had told the colleague racing team hey reminder we work together here we make sure that one of our cars wins and then sure enough he was the one running in second trying to give his teammate a push and uh and did not and therefore was not able to make a run at john hunter Nemechek there at the end and john hunter just kind of got to kind of just run around those last five laps and win uh nobody ever mounted a real good charge against him so that colleague strategy in stage three was as a fan, extremely perfect. frustrating to watch, but an yeah. execution standpoint, it was perfect. I mean, they would, yep. as soon as anybody would get a run behind them in the field, they would just kind of fan out. One would go left, second guy would go right, third guy would go left, and they would literally just take the air off of the car, making a run, whether it be on the high side, the low side. Austin Hill mm-hmm. was trying so dang hard throughout this whole third stage. He had, I would argue, probably the fastest car in the entire field. He came from kind of middle of the pack and just ran down all the way up until the top five. He ended up getting himself in between two of those college cars, mm. and it was basically just game over for him at that point. He could not make that pass, and it seemed like him and Nemechek did have a freight train going at one point. They just made the move a little bit too early, and one of the cars, I think it was Austin Hill or Nemechek, and maybe it was Nemechek, he slid up, ended up taking the air, off of the car in fifth place and then Austin Hill just got caught up with some bad air and went around so it looked like they were in prime position to finally make that move and get up front and with like five laps to go like you said a little bit before that that caution happened and then Nemechek just kind of cruises his way to a win after the uh the final restart there yeah yeah um Unfortunately, Austin Hill wins a lot of these uh, in the Xfinity series, and so therefore he did not have a lot of friends out there. Um, nobody wants to work with the guy that's always going to win. Um, just seems to always be how it is. Some, sometimes I, I think you get the opposite where, like, Denny Hamlin is someone that if you see him starting to make moves, you might get in line and see if you can make the same moves as him and follow him to the front. But in this case, they were just like, no, Austin Hill, we're not letting you win again. So, sorry, bro. Um, and he was a little frustrated about that, but, like, yeah. Can't be frustrated when you're the best, uh, and he he is the best at these in in Xfinity right now. So, Josh Berry had a hell of a run in stage one. He just ended up not getting that stage win. I mean, I was watching so this thing, and Josh Berry was crushing it in the first stage. He ends up just mm-hmm. falling short at the end there. I don't really know what happened. I didn't I didn't catch any post racer audio or anything from the announcers on that one. But he had a really strong car right out of the gates, and ended up kind of just fading back in this one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, should we move on to cup on Sunday? Yeah, let's get into the big cup race. Break it down. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Sunday Sunday night, we had the big cup race with Justin Haley and J.J. Yaley. Before, actually, before I break this down, I want to explain <laughs> why this is so fucking confusing. Because Justin Haley came up under the name J.J. Haley. That was his nickname, and his name is actually Justin, so one of the J's is there. J.J. Yaley has been a cup driver for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, one of those guys that just, he'll jump into any seat, doesn't matter if it's a bad one. He races for RWR and actually ends up with a pretty good finish in this race. But his real name is Christopher Beltram Hernandez Yaley. Notice that none of those names start with a J, but he goes by J.J. Yaley, which is why Justin Haley cannot be J.J. Haley. It's all very confusing. Um, but anyway, all right, <laughs> cup race on Sunday evening. Um, unfortunately, as soon as we were about to get going, we already knew there was rain on the horizon. So this race was very racy and very aggressive basically the whole time. 
pretty t- standard for these uh, uh, speedway races where, where the cup guys seem to go really hard most of the time. They take some short breathers when they get in line, but for the most part, very, very racy. Uh, our stage one winner was Ryan Blaney. Stage two winner was Brad Keselowski. And then the race winner, rain shortened, was William Byron. Um, comments? Before we start talking about the race, I want to talk about how absolutely super fun the kickoff to this race was. So Richard Childress was driving the 29 car that Harvick mm. had his first win in Atlanta after the Dale Earnhardt tragedy. So that was fantastic to see the Richard Childress out there driving the uh, the 29 with Harvick on the track. And then Richard Childress actually comes down pit lane and he's trying to do a burnout and on the radio, he goes, sorry, boys, I can't do it as good as you can or whatever. So that was yeah. just a really cool, <laughs> fun start to this race. Yeah. Yeah. You The the way you used to have to burn out in those cars was very clutch dependent. You had to kind of hit the gas and the clutch and basically have it so that you were giving it bursts of, of, of gas, basically be on the gas and let off the clutch and then back onto the clutch again versus uh, these cars in which you can turn your brake bias really high to the front and then hit the gas and it, it hit the brake and the gas at the same time, and you'll burn out, and it's super easy. Uh, so I, I don't I forgive him for not knowing how to do it. That was really cool. Definitely brought a tear to my eye, the, the little uh, video that came out before about that Harvick's first win. Um, that, that year was really special to me as a fan because it was like, I think we went to, I, I, I always say it's 12 races, but I think we might've went to more. It was somewhere between 10 and 14 races as a family and went to my first Daytona 500. Unfortunately, it was the one that Dale Earnhardt passed away. And then Atlanta was just one week later, two weeks later. I'm not sure, but that was our home track. So went to that. And all I remember as a kid was just being so upset that Jeff Gordon came up this shy, but now I'm just like so happy that Kevin Harvick got that win because of what it was from a catharsis standpoint for the for the DEI team, um, and or sorry Richard Richard Childress Racing team probably the DEI DEI team as well. But unfortunate for this one, like you said, that we did know the rain was coming in, so it was right out of the gates that the announcers were talking about it. The fans, I think, knew it. The teams knew it, and like you said, this thing was super racy, super early. So. I want to talk about the end of stage one, because in my opinion, the last laps of stage one, the last 10 laps or so were probably the best racing we've seen this entire season. Yeah. It started with Tyler. Kansas was good. (laughs) Kansas was fantastic too, but Charlotte Charlotte was good too, man. We've had a lot of good racing this season, but Tyler Reddick, that save that he had was Oh geez! Like mind blowing. He was so far sideways, and he actually laid down skid marks. That's how hard he was sliding yeah. and and into the side. And he ended up saving that thing. Once that happened, and all the guys behind him kind of came came through clean. These last ten laps of stage one, it was go time, and we saw some absolutely amazing racing. You had three wide, Blaney, Lagars, Larson, and Logano were kind of the top three in contention there for stage one, and it looked like Larson. He went to the low side, looked like he was going to make that pass on Blaney, but Blaney kind of got around mm-hmm. the last corner there, floored it, and just drove it to the line and beat him. So that was good, good driving by Blaney to just stick with his line, not panic. Showing some yep. more maturity like we saw at Charlotte, just knowing that that's his line, he's going to beat him to the line, and he did it. I'm going I'm to give that one to the spotter. That's That's a spotter call right there. The spotter says stay in line, stay where you're at. Uh, the driver can only look back and see one car. They can't see the bundle of cars that are behind that car and how close they are or anything like that. That's a spotter win right there. What the spotter says, outside lines closer together. They have short hands for, for saying that. But basically, the outside lines got more momentum. Stay there. Or the inside lines got more momentum. Stay there and let you know, hey, it's going to be okay. This guy's going to get by you. You're going to get right by, back by him. You know, uh, Get on his quarter panel. Don't let him get all the way past you so that he can get in front. As long as you can stay beside him and you can block that upper lane you're going to get right back by him. It's going to be totally cool. So yeah, good call. That's got to be so hard as a driver to see a car passing you and having the spotter in your ear say, stay on your line, stay high, stay high. Like you said, get on his quarter panel, take a little bit of his energy away. But that's just trust, right? That just builds over time throughout the season, throughout the years of experience. That's, that's something that I, I can't really grasp my head around how much trust these guys have got to have in their spotters. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just, it, I don't think it's so much like they're 
willfully giving trust to these guys it's it's like you have to right it's it's like being uh, you've ever done those like blindfolded team building experiences where they're just like the person's telling you where to walk like you have no choice you can try and do it and be like shut up or cover your ears or something but why would you you might as well take that advice and take that feedback right so you want to talk about uh, Corey with Joey and Eric Jones, a little bit of a scuffle uh, with their mix-up. I know there's been some chatter after the race. With Joey made a few comments on his uh, Stacking Pennies podcast. But in my opinion, I don't think there's really much to it. It seemed just kind of like no. a racing incident, and it maybe yeah. got blown a little bit out of proportion. But to me, there was nothing there. I agree. I didn't, I didn't see anything. I only heard about it this week, and I don't remember. I had to go back and watch it again because I didn't really remember anything being awry, right? Like... In fact, in the whole race, even with the accidents and stuff that happened, I don't think anyone got out of a car and was just like, that guy's an idiot. I didn't hear that at all about the cup race. Like, it seemed like everyone was aggressive but smart about it. I think the only person that that maybe made a really bad move, um, or actually the only two people that ever made a really bad move ended up wrecking themselves. Kyle Larson comes to mind. Larson made a bad block a little bit too late. And, and Eric, Eric Jones, by the way, the whole race was basically just like, I'm hammering down. If you want to get in front of me, you better be able to receive this shot because I'm not backing down. And he had said something to that effect. I don't remember after what race, but something to that effect last year. And he held it true in this race. He was basically just like, yeah, if, if you're going to get in front of me, you better make it a good one. And Larson tried to. And Eric was like, nope, I'm already here. Sorry. And there goes Larson around. Um, so I, I thought that was really funny. But yeah, everyone, I thought everyone made really good aggressive moves. Nobody seemed to be pissing each other off. So it was weird to hear about it after the fact. I agree. It was one of those where it's like, okay, that was nothing. He, they're both in line. Someone got a little yep. loose and went around. What are we talking about here? It's like, there's a, that's a non-story yep. in my opinion. Like yeah. you said, though, the aggressiveness of these drivers, because it was this rain-shortened race, made this thing just amazing to watch i mean i had people that really don't watch a lot of nascar i think it was a little bit of the post chicago effect people are like oh i got nothing yeah. going on on sunday let's let's see what's Check up here out. and at, at the super speedway type thing people are like wow what is going on here these cars are going 180 yeah. 190 miles an hour and they're blocking they're sliding up when they got a little gap mm -hmm. it was it was a fun race to watch yeah it was it was a yeah definitely a very good lead-in to come off of chicago to go to a racetrack like this and, and have that kind of delivery and then you also got the strategy of the rain shortened race which which is fun it is fun in and of itself it almost uh i'm kind of glad that they called the race so shortly after it started to rain they had no chance of going green again and we should talk about some of those caution laps that they ran but um but i thought nascar made all of the right moves they, you know, they basically left it in the team's hands. They're like, look, rain is going to come. And when rain comes, we're probably going to have to call the race. So do what you got to do. And Byron and like, like, let me just look at this, uh, the results list here. Byron, Suarez, Dinger, McDowell, uh, JJ Yaley. Uh, I think Justin Haley was part of this too. A lot of these guys got to the front because they pit early and then they didn't pit on the last stop where a lot of other guys had to pit at that point. And when they pit, they the guys that had been leading this race and up front actually ended up dropping back a little bit. Under green, they caught a little bit back up. But, like, there was strategy. There was strategy to get some of these guys up front. And they did get to go green again. It's not like it's not like what has happened when uh, Justin Haley got his only win in Cup, where they – it started to rain and NASCAR was like, we're definitely going to go back green. And so Kurt Busch came in, Justin Haley stayed out. And then they're like, Oh no, bring the cars down pit lane, red flag. Oh, nope. Checkered flag. And Kurt Busch is like, I wouldn't have pit if you were going to bring us down pit lane in a lap. Like what the hell? Uh, luckily it didn't go that way. And it ended up being a good, a good race to the finish or at least race to the rain. So one of the unfortunate drivers out of this one was brad keselowski on the radioactive his mm. crew chief was basically like look i'm sorry there's really no good call here but we gotta come in because they knew they didn't have you enough fuel even if they did stay out it was one of those where kezo if you would have had enough gas in that thing he's probably gonna like you said run some of those yellow laps around we did go green then it goes final with the rain and unfortunately it was just one of those things where he wasn't on the right strategy rain gas tires whatever it mm. may be and uh he didn't get that win so still got that long, long uh, race without a win streak winless for streak. Keselowski. Yeah, winless streak. 
Yeah, uh, the one that I was surprised about and that it om- like this whole other strategy almost backfired on was McDowell, um, who is really good at this track, uh, who is really good at super speedway type races, and is honestly on a tear front road motorsports right now. Really, really good finishes and uh, and road courses and here and other racetracks as well. McDowell's doing really well. But uh, I think he ran like 90-something laps on that last tank of fuel. I remember them putting it up there and he was like a good 15 laps longer than anyone else out there. And they were running those, those yellow flag laps there at the end. And I'm pretty sure, yes, I know a lot of the NASCAR fans weren't happy that they were running them because they were like, Oh, it's dry enough. Go out there and run. It's just sprinkling. They'll be fine. But McDowell was probably like, call the fucking race. Like he was, I'm going to run out of fuel. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, let's talk about that for a second because uh, again, I had no issue with this, but all of the fans online, that was the first thing I saw. They can't just enjoy the good thing that we had, which was that Atlanta race. They had to have an issue with them running around under the yellow flag for as long as they did. But I think it was the right call. We all saw Daytona, right? little bit of rain yes. and we had know, some right? very very scary wrecks so i am on board with the way they did this you've got to be as cautious as you can because you put them out there a green flag we're just going to be seeing spins it's not safe yep. racing conditions you cannot put them out there when you've got rain as little or a lot as it may be at a super speedway like this they don't have the wet weather package there's no way they're going green under those conditions it's a nope, non they can't non-decision yeah. nascar 100 is in the right on this yeah, I think you you run the yellow because look, it isn't raining enough. Maybe you maybe it does lighten up. Who knows? Maybe the storm splits and just stays away from the track and you're like, shit, it's not even sprinkling now. Let's go green. Maybe that happens. You don't know, but you run yellow because it is sprinkling and you see if it's going to rain. And and you know what? The the cars being out there keeps the track drier. That's the right move. That's what you should be doing. And to your point, yeah. Daytona sucked ass. I mean, one, I don't want to see Austin Dillon win races. But two, I don't want to see him win races where literally 25 fucking cars wrecked in front of him and he lucks into a win. Had that happened, like, look, I don't know that anyone's that mad at Byron winning, especially since it wasn't a new winner. Maybe they're mad because of Liberty. That's why I don't like Byron. And maybe they're mad because he's won four times so far this year. But overall, like, imagine he just wrecks out and fucking... I don't know who to hate. Let's say Austin Dillon in 21st <laughs> gets another one of these wins. I, that sucks. Like, nobody's going to be happy about that. And I don't just mean fans. I mean, I, like, the, 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 the team members and the drivers will not be happy about that either. So NASCAR made the right choice. Agree, agree. No real big one on this one. The only kind of, quote, mini big one yeah, was that LaJoy Eric Jones one, which is good to see at yeah. a super speedway. You didn't really get a whole big one. It's probably because we were rain-shortened and didn't go the full distance, but uh, no big one know. on this this one. I really thought we were going to get one. I, it, I What I saw and I thought was really interesting was when the aggression level picked up, certain drivers backed out, and certain drivers were like, no, I'm not part of this, and they went and sat just behind the the, the you know the peloton, basically. Um, and they were like, I'll sit right here. But even when Rex would break out, everyone could scatter. That's something that I feel like doesn't happen at Daytona or Talladega for whatever reason. Even though they're wider tracks, I feel like something about Atlanta, something about the grip level or something, they're able to see a car start to wreck and then all back out of it and be able to avoid the wreck a lot better. It just, it, yeah, it's I, honestly, it's the best super speedway track right now. I know it's not technically a super speedway, but it races that way, and it's the best one of those, in my opinion. Some of that might be, too, just because the speeds are a little bit slower and they're not quite as tight on the bumpers pushing as hard because on the, on the real super True. speedways, you got that big backstretch where literally it's just like they're locked bumpers and that's a good point. one little slip-up, and there's literally nowhere to go. So it was a little bit different Atlanta. Um, I was noticing that, okay, they are pushing, but it's like they're just pushing with air. They're not actually locking up and linking yes, together like you true. see. So I think that does give them just that fraction of a second. These guys are so good. It was the one wreck, I think it was the LaJoy and Eric Jones incident, where Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin both squeaked by. And if you look at the replays, it's like there's just that little bit of spin or a little bit of wiggle, and like Elliott immediately goes down, Hamlin goes down, and they both just get right through it just because they saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's something about these cars, too, and the way that the package works right now. You're just able to get such good runs. There's no need 
to your point, to stay right up underneath someone's bumper to have the collective speed of you, the two of you be that great, you're almost better off laying off a little bit and laying back a little bit because that's actually how you get a bigger run and how you give a bigger push. It's not by staying locked in. It's by it's by generating momentum and slingshotting forward kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a good point. Um, one little cool tidbit, I guess, about um, about this win was William Byron had won seven races uh, in his career up until this point. Um, by winning this one, he he matched his career total just this season. He had four wins outside of the season and then four wins already this year. Um, he had won on seven different tracks. This was his first repeat track win because he had won at Atlanta before. Um, and then also, this is the one of the coolest things, is he's won with eight different schemes. Eight wins, eight different paint schemes. This one is very similar to uh, an Exalta one that he had won with uh, before, but it's slight, but it is different, and I think that's really interesting and more of a testament to how how NASCAR is today with all the different schemes and everything than than anything else. But I think that's interesting. Very interesting. Good call. It's there. I like it. Cool. Uh, any any last comments on the race? Should we jump into some storylines? Love it. Love it. Atlanta's wearing down a little bit, and we're just getting absolutely fantastic racing on this course. So I think it's just going to get better and better as this thing ages here over the next couple of years. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, you know, it'll hit a point where it gets kind of tough, but I think we got at least four to five years before that happens. So, um, and, and even then maybe people will be like, well, cool. It's like a blend between new Atlanta and old Atlanta. And that's great. So we'll see. Um, all right. So a couple storylines here. I'll start out NASCAR Chicago street race. We recorded really early in the week last week, so we didn't have these numbers, but the street race drew a total audience of 4.795 million viewers on NBC and Peacock. It's the most watched race on NBC in six years since the 2017 Indy 500. It was only uh, slightly more viewers than the Indy 500 this year. And remember that that was an average. That's average viewers. It's not like total. Uh, because the Indy 500 this year, a lot of people were pointing out, had a at 1.5.2 million people tuned in. But they use an average metric for sporting events, and that that's actually what they had beat. Um, but it was the most watched cup race uh, on any network since Daytona in February on Fox. Daytona always seems to pull big numbers. They pulled 8.173 million, which is really, really impressive. Uh, and, and uh, man, what it would have been to just have this race go off without the rain. Uh, could have been really, really cool. Um, my little side comment on this was there was also an article that came out. Um, I, I don't remember the, uh, the author's name and I don't want to say the person's name anyway, but it was basically a hit job on the street race of being like a total failure and how F1 should really heed the warnings of this and how Vegas might be a failure for them because this was such a failure for NASCAR to which, um, I, I, and I don't remember which site it was, but another site actually like went through the article and cited all of the ways in which they, they, they falsified information basically and got them to have to reprint the article or resubmit the article with corrections because it was a biased hit job when it was originally posted, which is, I think, insane that uh, Bloomberg would have someone that, that has such an agenda that they're willing to push something that like literally nobody's going to believe in the sport, right? They're just pushing an agenda. That seems so weird to me, but whatever. Agree. This is an absolutely massive number for NBC, massive number for NASCAR, 4.8 million viewers. That's almost double what the typical cup race is getting right now, especially when these races are on, some of the races on USA are hovering, I don't know, two, 2.5 million. It seems like right now in these mm -hmm. last couple I don't know what Atlanta was. I'm hoping it was good because that was a really great race. Um, but 4.8 million, that just shows the power of this Chicago street race on the main network, NBC. They did a hell of a lot of advertising on it from some of the other programs I was seeing on NBC, Peacock, throughout the you know month, weeks leading up to this thing. Well done, man. I'm glad the fans tuned in. Unfortunately, with the rain, didn't see, you know, all that we wanted to see out of it. But without the concerts, without everything that went with it, this number is still delivered for NBC. And I don't see any reason that we don't run this thing back and, and do year two and let's get some good weather next year and bring an even bigger number. Agreed. Um, uh, just for a viewership standpoint, because I, I think these numbers are always interesting in a vacuum and especially in a motorsports vacuum. Um, but an interesting uh, uh, viewership number that I saw this week was 
$7 million for the Tuesday night All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic. Um, that's down from 7.51 last year, down point from 8.23 from two years ago. Um, they have been shedding almost 1.2 million of viewers. The fact that a normal race, not an All-Star race for NASCAR, could draw 2 million more viewers than most normal weeks of racing is really impressive. Uh, I think I saw that the number for this weekend at Atlanta was 2.6, which is up from 2.2 for the same race last year. So Nice. Well done. Well done. Hopefully trending in the right direction here. Next storyline we got, NASCAR is going to test a, quote, freaking wild new short track package after the race weekend in New Hampshire. So this is coming out of driver feedback and commentary on the drivers that it's not just us as fans. The drivers know that short track racing, these short tracks, it's not where it needs to be. So they are going to be running something new at New Hampshire after this upcoming racing weekend, which they may bring to the short tracks next season. We'll have to wait and see on this one. Yeah, uh, I I mean I think we do need a new short track package. Uh, I did find it interesting. Someone posted on Twitter the other day back in 2019 that they ran the Super Speedway package at New Hampshire. I forgot all about that. That was before the lower downforce thing. Um, but they basically ran a really high, uh, high drag type of uh, speedway package at New Hampshire and ended up being a really cool race. Um, I wonder if they're going to be trying to get back to that. It sort of seems like what they're trying to do here. Um, they're trying to make it so that the car in front is the one getting all of the, 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 the even the clean air is actually not allowing the car to have as much downforce as it needs. And the cars behind are the ones that are able to basically draft even in the corners and have enough downforce to have really, really good cornering. So basically, closer you get to the car in front of you, totally neglect the, the the effects of dirty air and actually be able to race up to the car in front of you when you get closer to them and that's that's that could be cool uh next one indy motorsports museum will undergo an 89 million dollar full-scale renovation that will close the facility from november 2023 to april 2025 the renderings and pictures of this look amazing um, if you've ever been to that Motorsports Museum, it is cool, but it's dated. If you've ever been to any of the other Hall of Fames uh, for, for major sports in America, most of them have undergone renovations as well and are really fucking cool. College Football Hall of Fame is probably my favorite in Atlanta. Wink, wink. Um, but they're just really cool, and they're a lot more interactive. The Indy Motorsports Museum was very much walk through, see cars, kind of like the, the Air and Space Museum where you walk by and you see planes and you get plaques and that's about it a more uh interactive exhibit where you can like call part of a race you can sit in a simulator those are things that are always going to be appreciated speaking of calling a race i did that when i was at the nascar hall of fame with my dad and nice. it was impossible number one what? it was impossible because i didn't know what race i was calling and i didn't know what numbers oh. and the drivers were so i'm just like yep mm -hmm. that's the 23 he's coming up on the uh 45 it was it was quite embarrassing but i had a good time doing it uh despite the can, pathetic commentary can you give me an exam here and tell me like a little bit about the race that you were calling because it had to be a classic race right it was a classic i uh, oh man i wish i could remember um i honestly don't know I, I don't even remember. Wow. It was it was near right. the end of our visit, and I just was like, oh, this looks cool. Let me try it. I did do the uh, pit crew challenge where you could go swap a tire, put gas, you got to mm, jack it up, yes. um, jack yep, it back yep. down. That was super fun. I did it by myself because we kind of got there right when they opened, and it was relatively empty. And I think I did the uh, one-tire stop in about a minute, nine seconds, if I remember. So it was Ooh, it was quite fun, good. though. It was a good time. My dad yeah. got a little video, so... Uh, I'm excited awesome. about this Indy Museum. You know, I we've talked about it before. I at some point mm -hmm. want to go to Indy 500, but for me, this may put that off a couple of years until this new museum is uh, rocking and rolling. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I might join you for that. So, um, sorry, you got me. You got me sidetracked on the 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 what race it could be, and I'm just gonna throw this out there in case this is it because I think I remember when I did this that it was the Darlington race with Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven where they, like, crash each other all the way to the line. Was that it by chance? It might have been. There was a lot of really good stuff on that race throughout the museum, and I remember seeing that, so it might have been. I think that's the one I remember calling there. But, yeah, NASCAR Hall of Fame, y'all, if you get to Charlotte, it's, uh, it's a good time. I was just going through my pictures, and let me correct my pick 
pit stop Ooh. time real quick here. One minute, 0.41 seconds. So pretty solid stop Ooh, there for a one-man crew. Yeah, that's not bad at all. It's pretty good. Definitely better than I would do. So, uh, What other storylines we got? We got Sheldon Creed making his cup debut with Live Fast Motorsports in the number 78 for Kansas Speedway. So Sheldon Creed moving up to cup. Awesome to see. Is it? Is that really? That's his cup debut? I think so. Maybe we'll have to amend wow. and correct that, but I think no, it's I his think cup right. debut. That sounds right. Interesting. Oh, well, he deserves it, man. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that obviously he's a he's a truck champion. Um, he's one of those guys that has slowly worked his way up into the sport. Not one of those, you know, Ty Gibbs type of uh, guys where he's super young and people have to question whether or not he earned it. Sheldon Creed has earned a ride in cup. Um, or at least a chance in cup. And I, you know, I, for one, I made the same comment when last year, when Cole Custer, the news came that he was getting sent down, there needs to be more promotion relegation. There just needs to be like, like, especially for the lower funded teams. Why are you signing a guy to a three-year contract? Do you really think that guy is going to be that good for that long? Um, I know we're going to talk some silly season here in a bit about a lower team and, and signing to a guy for a couple years. That one I think is okay. But for the most part, getting guys like Sheldon Creed that have earned that spot at least a chance with the cars being so different between truck, Xfinity, and Cup, it's just worth it. It's just worth giving some shots. So Was uh, able cool to, to confirm see. September 10th, Sheldon Creed's Cup debut at Kansas. Cup debut. Very yes. cool. Nice. I'd love, love to hear it. All right, awesome. Uh, another storyline. This was uh, this race at Atlanta was Goodyear's 2000th Cup race. Um, not too much to note here. There was a small silver trophy that they gave out to William Byron on winning this. That was amazing. A piece of trivia, though, for you. Maybe you know it because maybe you saw it online, too. But um, who won? Goodyear also made one of these for the 1,000th Cup race. Who won the 1,000th Cup race? Ooh, 1,000th Cup race. God, I have no idea. Um, I'll, I'll say it was in the 90s. I'll say in the 90s, uh, Jeff Gordon. Yeah, it was. Yep. Oh, in figure, the DuPont, figure he won a hell of a lot of races colored. in the 90s. So, yeah, with the, uh, yeah, yeah, the Exalta he's winning his driver color yeah, in the, the 90s. That paint scheme, nice DuPont colors. Well, I just thought it was cool because it was the Exalta, which Exalta is DuPont paint. It's the okay. same company. For sure. Um, they got bought. But uh, it's the same company and that rainbow paint scheme for William Byron being so similar. I thought that was really cool. Um, that, yeah, again, very, very similar. So, cool. Uh, we got some silly season stuff to break down. First one, Corey LaJoy is signing an extension uh, with Spire. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of rumors around a potential Andretti buy-in to Spire, um, or Andretti buy-in somewhere, but everyone keeps saying Spire. Um, so, Spire currently fielding two cars Corey LaJoy in the seven who's who's slowly gotten better and better I don't know if it's just Corey LaJoy getting better it's probably a bit of the car as well but slowly been getting better and better almost got a win a year ago in Atlanta at the the second Atlanta race um he's he's committed to I think three more years is what I had seen um I don't know if that includes this year if that's next year I don't have no clue um but a couple more years with Spire Interesting because I think he was a name that some folks were, were were thinking about could be jumping ship to a bigger team. Thoughts on this? I think it's cool that LaJoy is going to stick with Spire. I mean, he's their top dog. He's their main guy. Like you said, he's been improving. He's fading a little bit in the standings uh, the last couple of weeks, but he's not having those you know 25 to 30 finishes anymore. He's consistently up there 20, 18, 22, mm -hmm. which is good for a team like Spire. You need to be cashing those a little bit bigger checks uh, to keep your team funded. So love the move with Corey by signing with a team that clearly has some confidence in him. Well, and I think it's interesting too because uh, I think they see how much better he's performing than the second Spire car, Ty Dillon, who's just had an abysmal season. He did finish top 20 at Atlanta, but... Um, really abysmal season and they see how much better Corey is as a driver it's good for spire to lock in one guy now and then maybe try and go after some a younger person or someone from the lower series maybe a sheldon creed type to pair with him and say let's see if we can build around this it's very similar to what legacy motor club is doing right now with eric jones being now they're like look we gave eric jones this ride after he kind of fell from from uh, Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing, he's going to be our staple, and we're going to bring in a Noah Gragson to see if we can like really amp it up or we can bet on a, a young horse that's going to really take us to the promised land kind of thing. So it's good for Spire. Next silly season topic, one of the 
worst kept secrets in all of NASCAR. <laughs> Ross Chastain going to be sponsored by Bushlight, and I would be cracking a beer as I announce this, but I am going to be running a 5K in about two hours, and mm. I'm not as young as I used to be. Me and my friends, we used to drink before this race. <laughs> it's at nine o'clock tonight. Uh, Storm of the Bastille, downtown Milwaukee, but. We're old now. We can't drink before we run anymore, so we'll drink after. But very cool to see that uh, Ross Chastain, up-and-comer, track house, love the team. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it right now, I think I might be jumping on that Ross Chastain bandwagon because I have been searching for a driver for a number of years, and I like Chastain. I like track house. Bushlight, they're going to put some really awesome schemes on this thing yep. uh, with track house, so I think that car is going to be fire. And uh, they got some good sponsorship behind them. So uh, well done by Chastain on Trackhouse to secure a big, big sponsor, uh, Bushlight. Yeah, well, and I think the better way to say this, too, because even though, yes, it is Bush, and Bush has been what NASCAR has been pushing. It's the official beer of NASCAR and everything. Um, it's Anheuser-Busch, right? And Anheuser-Busch reserves the right to make that a Bud Light car or Budweiser car or anything else in the future. They may stay away from the, the Bud Light brand for a little while here. But um that's huge. It's massive sponsorship dollars. It's a primary sponsor for the majority of the year for a team that had a, a sponsorship for both cars for the majority of the year. What that means for a team like this is they get to go through and say, our contracts now cost this much. If you can't pay that much next year, yes, we love that you were sponsoring us in our first couple of years, but we're on to bigger fish. That means those other sponsors that have now entered the sport have a chance to go to maybe to some smaller teams and really get out there into some other spaces. It's good, obviously, for uh, for, for uh, Trackhouse Racing. It's very, very, very bad for Stuart Haas racing. Yes. Um, losing their staple, their, 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 their primary best driver for the last decade, Kevin Harvick, and now losing their biggest sponsor. Again, you said it's not a, it's not a big surprise. We knew that this was coming. This is a rumor for at least three months now. Um, but man, now that it's announced, it's just SHR is sinking. Think about this. You, you mentioned that ABI and Heiser Bush and Bev couldn't put, any of their brands on a car next to your Chicago street wars street cars, you got a goose Island three, one, two car with that skyline, you know, that yellow, Uh not the greatest beer in my opinion anymore. It used to be a fantastic beer, but I could see a Mm -hmm. real sexy looking wrap on that, on that car. If that's the way they're going to go with this thing. I don't know if they'll just stick to Bushlight or if they want to get a little, little creative or out there and, you know, obviously we're not going Bud Light here for a while, but I could see him doing for that Chicago street course, the 312 car looking real clean out there on the track. Man, I, I wish that I was a marketing guy for Anheuser-Busch and specifically on the, the NASCAR group. Because, uh, like, you're totally right. Why aren't they running their, their smaller brands that they're distributing out of these areas? Why aren't they running those when you get close? I, 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 I you know, I would struggle. I'd have to, like, look at a, a, a big brewery map to figure out who Anheuser-Busch has investments in in the northeast. But you're going to New Hampshire this weekend. Why are you pushing Bush Light, you know? Nobody up there is drinking go ahead that and push shit. Your, yeah, push your brand that's up there. You go down to Atlanta, Sweetwater. They should have been pushing Sweetwater this past weekend. That would have been dope. Yeah, I totally agree. A 312 car in Chicago just makes sense. Um, and, and yeah, Final silly season storyline here. Zane Smith says he wants to be racing on Sunday next year, and he's hoping – to have his plans in place by the end of this month. So we're about halfway through July here. Uh, he is currently under contract with team FRM. So that's that front row team until yep. 2026, but it sounds like uh, Zane Smith looking to make a move to cup. What do you think there? Yeah. Uh, he's I mean, with what he said and with this contract and all of these details, all signs point to him going to the other FRM car, which is being driven by Todd Gilliland. But I want to give some props over here to Todd Gilliland because Todd Gilliland's been racing pretty well in the other FRM car this year. Um, you know, yes, it's not, you know, it's still FRM. It's not a, a top, top tier team. And yes, that he's getting outperformed by the by McDowell, who's been in the sport for forever. But Todd Gilliland has proved that he might need a cup ride as well. Um, talked about Ty Dillon and Spire Motorsports. Maybe kick him out of the seat and you pull pull him over, pull uh, Todd Gilliland over. But, yeah, Zane Smith probably going to FRM. But, honestly, he's a good enough talent that he probably should have been going, waiting and going to an even bigger team um, if, he, if he could have had the chance to. A Stuart Haas racing team uh, uh, type of ride, um, no, you know, if you're going to stay in Fords, that is. 
That was a lot of storylines. It's been a bit of a couple dry spell the last couple weeks, so that was loving to see the storylines rolling. And we're kind of hitting that mid-season. Teams are making moves with sponsors, guys. Where are we headed for some other series this week? Yeah, so, uh, well, first off, F1 uh, was at Silverstone last week. Uh, I, I actually don't know. I'm going to take a look real quick. They've been, you know, they have so many races back-to-back here during the summer. I'm going to see if there is a race this week. And... Nope, doesn't look like it. They're off. Um, but they were in Silverstone uh, for the British Grand Prix this weekend. Racing was actually pretty good. Another Max Verstappen win. But overall, the race, the rest of the racing was really, really good. Um, nice to see McLaren up there for once because uh, they haven't had speed all year. They had two of the cars in the top three qualifying-wise and uh, ended up with a podium finish, a second-place finish um uh, for lando norris and lewis hamilton brought home the other podium finish so two brits in the podium um and then the big news out of f1 this week is that danny ricardo the person that i said i would come back to watching f1 if he came back is coming back uh they have kicked nick devries from his car uh for alpha tori which is the other red bull team uh they don't perform as well as the other red bull team but they uh, they did perform well enough that they could tell that Nick DeVries was not cutting it, and he gets cut in his first season without even finishing a whole year. So um, Danny Rick will be used as a measuring stick to see where Yuki Sonoda is. Might just be a contract through the end of the year, but it's a good audition time for Danny Rick to prove that he should still be an F1 and potentially get a ride for next year, which is cool. Um, Formula E, we're going to Rome this weekend. Uh, I know nothing about it except for the fact that the pit lane, you come like off the street course, you come off the road and then drive like up uh, a two lane road and then like do a U-turn and come back down that same uh, two lane road and then back onto the track. The pit lane is uh, 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 a little spire, if you will. Um, I was almost going to say something a bit more phallic, but uh, if you catch my drift. IndyCar, we're going to Toronto, one thirty Eastern. I'm guessing that's on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday on Peacock, yeah. Nice on Peacock. Okay, uh, I gotta catch that. Toronto is a pretty good racetrack. Uh, definitely gonna catch that one. Um, local tracks. I know you got some local tracks updates from up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, we had some hot local track action. So Slinger Speedway in my neck of the woods. We had our Slinger Nationals on Tuesday. So that was Tuesday, July 11th. This race, like we talked about in a previous episode, is always in July on a Tuesday. You had some of your uh, some big name cup guys up there, and uh, Luke Fenhouse, one of the local racers that I see a lot of times out there at Slinger, he was leading most of this thing until a late late race caution came out, and Ty Majeski ripped it off the line on the restart with four laps to go, smoked him off the line, and won his third nationals for twenty thousand dollars. If you got a chance. Hit that Twitter link. It's got uh, the last four laps of the race in there. Um, wish I could have made this thing. I was I was stuck at work. Couldn't make it on a Tuesday evening. But looked like the they had a full sellout. They announced full sellout uh, well ahead of race day, which was cool to see. No walk-ups available. But some of your cup drivers that were in this thing, um, Chase Elliott ended up in sixth. William Byron was in tenth. Eric Jones was in 11th, and Matt Kenseth, he always not a cup driver anymore, but he's from Wisconsin. He actually uh, stalled out of this thing 64 laps in, blew an engine, and mm. could not finish the race. So Dang. everything that I saw looked like a super, super fun race. And, man, Ty Majeski, this, I want to see this guy in a cup car at some point in his career because I think he's got the talent to be there. Yeah, for sure. Well, Luke Fenhouse, remind me, because we're about to talk some SRX. When we went to SRX at Slinger, he's the one that had won. Okay, yes, he had won, he had won his way in, basically, and ran um, ran that race. He didn't end up winning that race, though, did he? No, I don't think okay. so. I don't remember who won SRX at was Slinger. It, uh, it was uh, the, uh, one of the IndyCar guys. Um, it was definitely one of the IndyCar guys. I can't remember who, though. But uh, Helio, Helio Castroneves won Slinger. That's right. Um, cool. Well, Speaking of SRX, SRX starts, well, tonight. It'll be last night by the time anyone can listen to this. Um, but it starts on a Thursday night. We've got six straight weeks of racing. Um, I know there's been a change to the overall schedule, which you can get into in a second. I'm going to read through the drivers that are racing here at Stafford. Um, and and uh, a couple of these drivers are racing full-time with SRX this year. The full-time racers are Brad Keselowski, Haley Deegan, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman, Tony Stewart, Paul Tracy, Marco Andretti, and Ken Schrader. And then for this specific race at Stafford, we've got Tony Kanon, Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick, and Denny Hamlin also racing this week. So some pretty pretty uh, pretty star-studded lineup, more star-studded than ever. 
Love this lineup for SRX. I hadn't really looked at this until I just pulled it up. So your full schedule for SRX this year. Next week, we were supposed to be going to Thunder Road, but there's some weather areas and flooding. So we're going to run it back two weeks in a row at Stafford. Then we hit Motor Mile, Berlin, Eldora, and we finish at Lucas Oil. And some of your other drivers in this series, we got Greg Biffle, Daniel Suarez, Joseph Newgarden, Helio Castroneves, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch. I also see Austin Dillon, Matt Kenseth. Mm-hmm. This thing is loaded this year. How is SRX doing this? How are they pulling these guys in? People see it. It's fun, dude. It's it looks like fun. Um, like honestly, like uh, some of these names have already done one of these races or multiple. Kevin Harvick uh, retiring this year. Maybe he'll be a full timer in this next year. Clint Boyer has mentioned how fun it looks. Going to be jumping into uh, looks like three races. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's fun. Bring a fun product, something that's easy for the guys to just show up and race there's not a lot of a commitment in just a couple weeks out of the year they're gonna show up and do it i mean that's the same reason that guys showed up to slinger nationals the coolest thing though about srx is it's publicly or nationally broadcast on cbs so uh check your local listings but it will be on cbs on thursday nights i want to say that switched i believe it's going to be on espn this year instead of cbs i think they switched where they're broadcasting oh, you're this year. totally right it used to be on cbs you're totally right it's yeah now, it used to be over the air on, on cbs which yep. was sweet like you can just drop that antenna out there watch some racing but now i think everybody's got a espn login so it's probably more, more people yeah. might tune in because they're just gonna flip on the espn app and be like boom here's live racing let's yeah. do it you're right, and actually, there's a benefit to being on ESPN over uh, CBS, which is just that anytime ESPN's broadcasting something or they have the rights to broadcast something, they cover it a lot more. So you'll see it on Sports Center. You'll see the cool action, the good passes, the big wrecks, whatever it might be. And at least for six weeks, they'll have something to to, to, to talk about a lot more. So that's it's always good. Uh, any any all, all what's the what's the thing about all boats rise when the tide rises? A rising tide lifts all boats that's it i i danced around it i was all around it uh <laughs> yes yes uh, uh whatever you said <laughs> love it very excited that srx is coming back man the more racing that we got the better and in the summer it's like everywhere's loaded your local tracks are running srx is running indy fe f1 nascar cup truck xfinity it's formula one for like dude we're just loaded with races so to talk about we're we're in prime prime time season right now i love it yeah, I, I wish NASCAR would do some short track cup races on a Wednesday or a Thursday night during the summer as well. You're only competing with baseball, and let's uh, let's be serious. You can beat the shit out of baseball. That's not even competition, man. You're yeah, it's not, not even winning. competition. Exactly. So uh, I wish that cup would consider it. Take a couple more weeks off during the season and have some some weeks in which you do two or three races in a week. Uh, uh, you know, a Saturday night, a Wednesday, and then a Sunday. I think it could work. Um, but all right. Uh, we've also got another big race tonight again, it'll be tomorrow. And so therefore it will happen the night before by the time you could listen to this, but we've got the million dollar high limit race at Eldora that, uh, Kyle Larson puts on. Um, this is the first year for it, but going to be a really good time. That'll be on flow racing. Um, it's another one of those in the high limit series. I think there's three more of those high limit series races after this one still. Um, but they're pretty well spread out throughout the year, not just the summer. So. Cool, cool. Uh, should we jump into some race predictions? Where are we going this week? We are heading to New Hampshire. Trucks has got the week off, but Xfinity and Cup both headed out to New Hampshire. We've also got Arca, so let's start with Arca. 7 o'clock Eastern on Saturday in Iowa for the Calypso 500. Xfinity, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. You're at Better Health 200, 45-45-110. 110. And Cup, 2.30 Eastern on Sunday for the Crayon, 3.01-70-115-116. I will admit that New Hampshire is probably the one of the tracks I know the least about on the entire schedule. What do we got going on at New Hampshire? What type of track is it? Very flat, um, very wide track um you're gonna you're gonna see guys be able to run multiple lanes you're gonna be see, be able to, again a lot of it depends on the package i'm just t- saying what it's been in the past but you can see guys running side by side for multiple laps at a time um it can be 
a little difficult to get away from each other. Dirty air will probably play a very small factor here, but the way that these cars have been on short tracks, the bigger thing will just be that there's so much grip that they're really going to be fighting for the bottom would be my expectation. Uh, might be see some beating and banging for that same reason. Um, and, and yeah, just a, just a short track. I would consider this closest to a Phoenix. Very cool. Thanks for that insight. We've got previous winners, 2022, Christopher Bell. 2021, Eric Elmarola, and 2020, Brad Keselowski. Nice. Cool. Well, let's jump into some smart and heart picks. Let me break down where we're at after last week's picks. We had our picks at Atlanta. B-Boy had picked the 12 of uh, Ryan Blaney and the 23 of Bubba Walls, finishing 9th and 25th respectively for an average of 17. New guy had Ross Chastain and Tyler Reddick for finishes of 35th and 27th for an average of 31st. Not so great. Um, and Baby G, you picked the winner again. Uh, you had William Byron winning the race, um, and you had Ty Gibbs who finished 34th and wrecked out. Almost a first and last, like we talked about, for an average of 14.5, best average of the week. That means you retain your lead. You have an average of 12.58. Uh, second place, B-Boy with a 14.89. And last place, who would normally be picking first, is New Guy now down to a 16.05 average. New Guy will pick last, though, since he is not here. Um, all right, so first and foremost, let me take a look at my standings here, see who I want to pick. Um, let's not overthink it. Let's not overthink this at all. I'm going to go with... Denny Hamlin. I'm going to take Kevin Harvick. Oh, big four. All right. Let's see. I'm going to go Brad Keselowski. Oh, man. You were on the same wavelength because we have a first choice was yeah. Hamlin and Keselowski. Uh, my second choice nice. for my heart pick, Bubble Wallace in the 23. All right. And really hoping for the best on the on some of these picks. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, we'll see what New Hampshire has to bring, and we'll get new guys' picks in there and cover them next week. Uh, that brings us out of Smart and Heart Picks and right into Rapid Fire. <laughs> all right, I got our first Rapid Fire this week. Um, so this week they announced the nominees for the Hall of Fame this year. Newly to the list of, of nominees are both Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss on the modern ballot. Should Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss be elected together into the Hall of Fame? Ooh. I honestly don't know much about... Not Knauss? Knauss? Chad Knauss? Chad Knauss, yep. I know he's an IndyCar open-wheel racing guy, right? But other than that... Fill me in a little bit. No, I, I no, no. You got sorry. It. You got the wrong the, the wrong person. Chad Knauss was Jimmy Johnson's crew chief during okay. all of his championships, and is currently the director of competition for Hendrick Motorsports. Interesting. In that case, I I think it'd be cool for them to go in together. I mean, you've got the guy that won the most championships seven in all of NASCAR history, and the guy that was right there along with him. I mean, this isn't a one person sport. Obviously, everybody knows the drivers. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole army of people working behind these guys and supporting them on race day, first and foremost, being that crew chief. So I think yep. it would be very, very cool to see them go in together. Yeah, I personally, I don't have any issue with it. I think some people were saying, man, it really sucks because basically there's no there's no real election here for the Hall of Fame. Like, we already know who the two are going to be. And you've got people like Jeff Burton and, and Carl Edwards who are also on that modern ballot that are going to have to just basically wait another year. But this happens in all of the other sports too, right? Like, it's not like anyone gets an automatic bid. It's not like when LeBron James retires, they're just going to be like, well, instead of electing five this year, we'll do six because LeBron's automatic, right? Like, he still takes up one of the slots, and in this case, it just happens to be the year that Jimmy and Chad will be eligible and probably go in together. So, Got absolutely no problem with that. Uh, so my rapid fire this week, if you could pick one driver to be your ride or die for the next 10 years, who are you going with? Uh, Tyler Reddick. <laughs> I've already made that choice, though. See, like, it's uh, 
it's a little bit easier. I don't I don't know. If we're saying like ride or die, I'm probably going to go with Tyler Reddick, but I obviously am a fan of a lot of different drivers, Chastain being one of them, uh, Blaney and Larson, uh, very, various different guys, Bubba, big, big fan, Daniel Suarez. Those are just names as I'm scrolling through that I, that I really enjoy watching them race. Um, but yeah, Tyler Reddick's my ride or die. Dude will be a champion in the next 10 years. So Love it. Love it. For me, I mean, I think a guy that's won four races this season and a guy that just seems to be absolutely on the upswing of his career first in standings right now, William Byron. If you made me pick one guy, I want to see a winner. And I think William Byron's going to be that guy for, for some time here. Okay. Were you asking who I think is going to be the winningest driver? No, no, just the guy that if you had to support one guy, you could only buy one guy's merch for the next 10 years. Oh, you don't okay. care about any yeah. other driver. You're just all in on, like, if you're a Celtics fan, you're all in, right? You don't, I got don't you. give a I shit see. about anybody yeah. else. You want one guy? Yep. Who's that guy? Yeah, it's it's still Redick. And, and I hope that they start coming out with better merchandise for him. Uh, you're lucky that if you if you pick the 24, you're going to get, you know, uh, really, really good merch because it's Hendrick. But for whatever reason, 2311, where are our 2311 team Jordans? Yeah, they got to get rocking and rolling on that because that's a cash cow. It's insane. It's insane that they haven't made any yet, um, to me anyway. But I get that there's a, there's a lot of contract stuff involved. Un- unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for my wallet, uh, because of the Jordan brand being so exclusive, it actually takes a little while, and sometimes they don't never even make the, 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 the Lionel Racing cars for that team um, just because of the sponsors never approve it or whatever. But, um, yeah. Anyway, all right, cool. Well, I think that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire. <laughs> really quick one this week and that brings us right into bbg reads the standings your one through 16 for cup series standings first place william byron with 628 points second place martin truex jr 21 back third place kyle bush fourth place christopher bell fifth ross chastain sixth denny hamlin seventh ryan blaney eighth kyle larson and we've got Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Chris Boucher, Brad Keselowski in 12th, B-Boy's boy Tyler Reddick in 13th, Ricky Stenhouse, Daniel Suarez, and Michael McDowell still hanging strong in that 16th spot with 407. Him and Suarez are both 221 back of your first place, William Byron, and... Chase Elliott, he is still trying to point his way in at minus 60. He slipped a little bit this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Bowman slipped back even further. He's now 44 back. Um, you know, Bubba's the closest, only three back, and Almondinger is 13 back. That bubble position is right there, but we got two road courses. We got a Daytona. A lot of tracks here where some uh, some, some new winners can come about, so I don't think that that 16th spot that Daniel and Michael McDowell will still be there for two guys may maybe zero um but it, but but probably probably one if any uh will be will be that bubble spot there so um yeah I really need Reddick and Bubba to stop wrecking out races or stop getting caught up in other people's wrecks because that's honestly most of the time what it is so unfortunate um, for Bubba yeah it seems every week he's getting caught up in an incident it's like man he's seems like he's right there and then he gets someone else does something and he's just right there in it every week yep yeah he was having a pretty good atlanta race too um they were they were pretty both of them were pretty racy early on so cool um i think that brings us to the end this has been the big one podcast you can follow us at podcast big one on twitter and potentially threads by the time you listen to this um or email us at podcast big one at gmail.com anything that you're thinking about maybe you want to join us that would be cool since uh we seem to only have two podcasters most weeks um i've been b-boy this has been baby g thanks for tuning in talk to you later